Let's get to the show today. So, uh, you know, we, we titled the show uh, a big part of maintaining renovation schedules, kind of flipping on schedule. Okay. And, and here's the thing. If you haven't figured it out yet, uh, if I could impart any sort of wisdom on you today, it's going to be that real estate investing is not about houses. It's about velocity. Right. And if you talk to any hard money lender, any successful flipper, note I said successful flipper, okay, <laughs> or you talk to a motivated seller, the one common theme is going to be speed. Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. You're home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I am your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. (laughs) Recording live from our downtown Denver studios with my executive producer, main man, and the guy that keeps the show sounding so amazing, Mr. Jonathan Winston. How are you, man? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I've uh, been, uh, I don't know, you, you, have you ever like got on YouTube um, and just like, you know, started watching some videos and kind of fallen into one of those random YouTube holes where it's just kind of like, oh, how did I get here? But, you know, it's kind of beneficial. Like, I have. I have. Like, where, where hole did you fall into? So, you know, like we were, I think I might have mentioned it on another episode. I had been uh, reading this book about Deepak Chopra or by Deepak Chopra, just kind of basically talking about the secrets of life, kind of, you know, how things work, how you can kind of get out of your own way, how you kind of manifest the things that you want to see if you can maintain the right mindset. So, you know, I'm like watching something on YouTube and then all of a sudden I start seeing like all of these uh, videos for like, um, you know, affirmations that you can listen to while you're sleeping, you know, to attract money and different things like that. And then, you know, there's, there's these other ones that talk about, um, you know, like frequency, uh, like frequency music, like 432 hertz is kind of like a healing frequency. Okay. Then, uh, you know, 777 is supposed to be for luck or just different things like that. So these are all different types of, you know, either verbal affirmations or, you know, like audio mental stimulation that's supposed to, you know, kind of put your mind in the right uh, mind frame to okay. attract the things that you want and kind of see more of what you're looking to see. Um, so I was like, this is pretty interesting. So, you know, I decided to take a nap or something like that and turn one on, uh, you know, I can kind of, I don't know if, um, I've seen the manifestation as of right now, as far as, you know, a whole bunch of money coming my way or different things like that. Um, but it's, I have been noticing kind of just like a, uh, just like a general difference in how I, you know, I've been approaching problems and, or, you know, just things as they come up, you know, just, Oh, I got a, I got this new bill or y'all, you know, this ticket that I have to pay or something like that. Whereas before I'd kind of get, you know, upset about it. Now it's just kind of like, you know what, um, I'm, if I keep my mind on the right, uh, on the right frequency and, you know, focus on the things that I'm trying to accomplish, you know, getting this money or, you know, to pay off this ticket or pay this bill or, you know, uh, 
developing this new business idea to start this business, all that'll come to me as long as I just, you know, keep my mind focused on what I actually want to do instead of falling kind of into a negative cycle of why me, what's going on, why is this happening? So So valid. So, and so much of, you know, real estate in general, whether it's investing, uh, wholesaling, being an agent, one of the common themes really is mindset. And, uh, you know, one of the, we coach on that quite a bit in the coaching program where the fact of the matter is anybody can do this. And it's, right. uh, that sounds awful cliche for those of you getting started. It's like, well, if it's so easy, why, you know, why haven't I gotten my first deal? Because it's not easy. You know, yeah. it, the first thing you got to change is your mindset. And uh, we, we've done lots of shows on mindset. It's a big part of the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast, but it's really valid stuff. You know, can you, uh, through outside technology, influence your brain patterns and waves? And we could do an entire show on that, but I think it's, it's super valid that the, the fact remains this comes down in 98% of circumstances on my, you know, coaching clients I work with, investors that I'm working with who, who back these deals, contractors that are doing the work, comes back to one common theme, mindset. And if you can get out of your own way, if you can fix those brave wavelengths, whatever's stopping you from being successful, because they're all excuses. You know, it all comes down to reasons you're setting in your head for not being able to pull this thing off, or I can't get my first deal done because there aren't any deals. I can't find funding because there's no money. It's all crap. You know, the only thing that's got to change is in between your your ears there and uh, getting your brain to figure that out. But that's incredible stuff, man. I mean, I, like you said, the YouTube rabbit hole, as it were, can take you deep. And, you know, if you don't take any sort of action, it doesn't do you a lot of good to get all that information. But right. if you're trying stuff out, I think you're going to see some results. We do a meditation thing, my wife and I, when we go to bed. Uh, just you know, wavelengths, all the stuff you talked about. And it's like, it's so quiet. It's like it's whispering to you and eventually you fall asleep. Um, but I do wake up feeling notably more energized and ready to take on the world. So keep that up, man. It's incredible. Yeah, for sure. Let's get to the show today. So, uh, you know, we, we titled the show, uh, a big part of maintaining renovation schedules, kind of flipping on schedule. Okay. And, and here's the thing. If you haven't figured it out yet, uh, if I could impart any sort of wisdom on you today, it's going to be that real estate investing is not about houses. It's about velocity. Right. And if you talk to any hard money lender, any successful flipper, note I said, successful flipper, okay, <laughs> or you talk to a motivated seller, the one common theme is going to be speed. Okay. And, and you watch these flipping shows, you talk about the YouTube rabbit hole. Another rabbit hole is these A&E flip this house shows that go on there and show you people that because they're filming a show, they've got all the time in the world. They've got all the budget in the world, right? And they can do whatever they want to this house and build a perfectly gorgeous property at all the time that they want. In the real world, because you've got real world costs, okay? I've got a team of people uh, operating manager, a field services manager, an acquisition manager, okay, all of these people are expecting to get paid, okay, because they're dedicating their time to my team, the company that we formed, and they need to get paid. And the only way I pay them is by producing the product 
as your foreclosure deals coach, two products, one, my coaching program, and two, we flip houses. Okay. We set a very lofty goal of doing 50 units here in 2020. That's now rounding out. You guys are going to be listening to this right at the tail end of the year here. Um, and we got dangerously close. Okay. But what went wrong? What, what, why did we not hit the 50 units we intended to do this year? Well, a lot of it came down to the unpredictability of A, the market in general. Okay. Just, just out of the gate, if you're going to attempt anything entrepreneurial, you got to know this much. It's not a guarantee. If you're looking for guaranteed income, you need to get a job. And if you've listened to this show long enough, you know, we're not like too hot on jobs, man. We want you all to take control of your own financial freedom and, you know, not be waiting around for a check. We want you to be able to make that check and hunt that check. Bingo. Right. So when you set out to do your real estate investment business, you've got to know that things are not going to operate on schedule. You don't get paid every single two weeks. And that's whether you're a real estate agent, you're a wholesaler, et cetera. You've got to look at your income as an annual total, okay? Or break it down by quarter, maybe by month, but it's very difficult, okay? This year, we didn't plan on the Rona taking a big part of the process. And I got to tell you, even when it started in the early phases back in February, March, which seemed like eternity ago, right? But it, it was only nine months ago when this was starting and we're going, all right, well, this shouldn't impact real estate that much. It's just, it's just, a, you know, it's a virus. Right. Mm-hmm. And then right out of the gate, first thing they did is they shut down showing capabilities. So that sent the whole market into a panic because these properties, you put them on the market and now nobody was allowed to show them. It was scary. Right. Eventually, with a lot of pushback politically from the, uh, you know, the real estate agent community that lost their stuff for you know, lack of better terms here, the government opened up and said, OK, we can do showings, just no open houses or large gatherings of people around these properties. OK, so it came back. We lost a solid month where we couldn't show property at all. OK, from there. Things, I'm like, all right, things would go back to normal, right? We, we knew there'd be some impact, obviously, on people losing their employment. That's going to impact the market a little bit. But to be honest and not to be flippant to those who are struggling economically in these times, but there's a reality to in Colorado, the houses are so expensive that we kind of knew that the people who are going to get laid off, who are largely in the service industries and et cetera, were not home buyers anyway generally speaking. So we didn't feel like that was going to have as much of an impact on, on our market. And we proved to be right on that. You know, uh, houses are kind of pricey here in this market. And I think that speaks for a lot of markets, you know, New York, uh, San Diego, LA, you know, you've just got really high real estate costs where unless you are an above average income earner, you're probably a renter. That's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just factual. Right. But what we didn't plan on, and this article goes into this, what we didn't plan on is keeping the schedules of the the speed because of coronavirus. Two things got us that we simply didn't plan on. And this there's a news article where obviously we're going to publish this is from CNBC and they talk about it. But the first thing that didn't really part of our plan was that we would lose our labor resources. Okay. The mindset was as people became unemployed, we should have had access to more people available to do 
these rehabs. That was quite the opposite. What happened was a combination of the government paying people to sit on their duffs. Hmm. So they did. Okay. Then they waived rent. So you're getting it. You're getting the stimulus checks. You're getting the increased unemployment. And then they made it so landlords could not collect rent. And we have to face facts out there. I, not, I know it doesn't describe the people who are listening to the show in most cases, but lazy people, when paid to be lazy, will get lazier. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> right? So suddenly we had this labor resource where it just vaporized. Guys are not showing up and they say, oh, I'm feeling sick or, oh, I'm concerned about being around other people because of coronavirus. And listen, there might have been some truth to that. We didn't know what was going on in the early spring of coronavirus. But here's what I really think happened. What I really think happened was these guys figured out it was far more lucrative to stay at home playing PlayStation that it was going to be to go to work and the government kind of funded that activity. So we struggled for a very long time to get labor resources back into line. We've got some great guys now, but as you will learn, as you are forming your flipping business, your investment business, it's a byproduct of two things, people and systems. Okay. So we didn't have the people and our systems were pretty early stage at that point. So we really struggled. And for a while, we couldn't get people at all. What the typical hourly rate for a relatively skilled contractor was at the time went through the roof. And suddenly we had pretty much every crackhead with a hammer showing up at my job site, you know, and, and these guys, God bless them. You know, but the fact of the matter was they were simply A, not qualified, B, not motivated, and C, stoned on something 90% of the time. It's not a good combination to get quality work. It really wasn't, you know. So we really struggled to maintain the schedules of staying on task for flips. We had a crazy goal of doing 50 units in a year, which if you do some quick math, means you've got to produce a property every week. You've got to get something on the market every Friday, okay? Now, we've got inventory of properties because we buy at such a high volume through our resources, through wholesaling, through uh, low-balling offers on the market, which still occasionally works, even in a low-inventory market. We're going to do a whole show on that as well. Um, but we, we had the inventory. We simply could not get the people to show up to do the actual rehab work. It was a real pain in the buttocks, let me tell you. And as if that wasn't bad enough, we hit this massive inventory shortage. By now, if you have not been living under a rock, you probably heard that lumber has tripled in pricing. So, you know, the funny thing is, is obviously we're not home builders, right? As real estate investors, we're not typically home builders. Some of my real estate investor buddies are in fact developers. They build developments from the ground up, um, very lucrative and good times and disastrous and bad times, just like pretty much everything, Right. Um, but we're not in the home building industry, but we follow the same trend. If the, if the home builders are struggling to find labor resources, so are flippers, right? If parts go way up and you need a ton of lumber to build a house, because, you know, building it out of dirt is probably not going to work, right? And the lumber industry, it, it fails or doesn't is not able to provide based on supply chain. And supply chain is that big system that basically moves every good that you're aware of. Okay, so whether it's your food in the grocery store, you're reliant on supply chain, the truckers, 
the, the refrigeration systems, the transport, all these things have to work in order for you these stores not to have too much inventory because too much inventory it provides for more storage. You know, you need more storage to hold all of it. Right. Right, You've got to deal with if it's food, you know, it's going to spoil. So they got to move just enough of what the demands are in any given region to keep things running. And these supply chain engineers, I mean, these guys are paid a lot of money to figure all this stuff out. Well, they also did not plan on coronavirus. Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. One of the things we talk about on the show is the importance of great foreclosure data and helping you to find a great deal on a foreclosure property. But where do you find this data? You're certainly not going to find it on Realtor.com. You can't get it on your local MLS. So we have partnered with data provider Foreclosures.com to get you the latest and greatest in foreclosure listings right there in your local market. These properties are not hit the market in most cases, and when they have been foreclosed, gives you easy access to find out more detail so you can get the best deal on a foreclosure property. Getting started is super easy. Head on out to foreclosuredealscoach.com and click on the link labeled foreclosure list. Enter your zip code for a free seven-day trial of the best foreclosure listing data available in your local market. These properties are not even on the market yet, so you can get a jump on them and get a great deal. Once again, this is Donnie Corm, your foreclosure deals coach. We'll look forward to seeing you there. So suddenly, we're able to normally go to Home Depot or Lowe's or any of our suppliers, say we want to buy cabinets. You know, we have a couple of options. See what's in stock at Home Depot, apply our corporate discount. It's, you know, they're pretty reasonably priced anyway. And then you get a discount on that. It makes sense to go buy them there. But today, if you walk in to a Home Depot and look at the cabinet area, which is usually, you know, it's it's a couple stories tall, if you will. It's just shelves that go to the ceiling. They got to bring out a big a big device just to pick the cabinets off the top shelf and bring them down. Those shelves are bare right now, right? So we couldn't get cabinets as fast as we used to be able to. And it didn't stop at cabinets. Suddenly plumbing parts, faucets, every little tiny little niche that goes into a property suddenly was not available. So well, the, the point of the show here and, and this article is you're looking to maintain a schedule because this is about speed. But if you can't maintain the schedule because you don't have supply chain, it has a huge impact on your ability to continue to, in my case, try to get a property on the market every single Friday. So we went weeks and even months without being able to complete a home because of a combination of not having labor resources with no contractors and not having the parts to put in the property, right? So all this planning, all these ideas, all these lofty goals were basically dashed by a byproduct of coronavirus that I don't think anybody really predicted was going to happen. We certainly did not. So what's the takeaway from this? Doom and gloom, it's the end of the world? Absolutely not. You know my show. That's not what we talked about. What's the solution to surviving in a low supply chain market with hard-to-find labor resources? Well, first of all, I will tell you, as the year progressed and that government handout kind of went away, Right, and landlords started to be able to collect rent, there was a natural correction that took place. It's not back to where it was, 
but I can tell you that we're getting better at staffing labor resources. But the funny thing about contractors is two things. Number one, they always go lame. I don't care how great the guy is when you first bring him in. If they if you go long enough with any contractor, he's going to screw up eventually. Usually it's because of burnout. Okay, so the really hardworking guys will go 60, 80 hours a week and they're loving it, right? They're swinging a hammer all day, but they're human beings, you know? So yeah. at some point they get tired, right? And, and so we have to cognizantly remind our contractors, hey man, I love what you're doing. I really appreciate the work you're putting in, but you got to take some time off, you know? Because you're going to burn out, then you are of no value to us. If you can't come back to work because you, you know, or worse still, they injure themselves. We, we really care about our people, you know, and that's so important as you're building your contractor groups to understand that they are people, that you need to compensate them well for their time, and that you need to understand that they're human beings and give them some time off, okay? Um, so, but even with that, eventually they just go lame. So, but if you give them more time off, extend that time period over an extended period of time, which is your goal. On the supply chain side, you got inventory parts, which is not something since the invent of the big box stores, we've even contemplated doing. You know, I think the super Uber flippers, we've got some guys, Matt Larson comes to mind, a guy who's doing 20, 25 units a month, and he's just got a warehouse filled with parts just because it's faster to go to his warehouse than it is to go to Home Depot and pull them off the shelf. Even at one a week, we have not needed to do that. But now with supply chain all jacked up, we're contemplating, okay, we got to start warehousing parts. So it now becomes, we're not going to buy cabinets for one property. We're going to buy cabinets for five properties. And then you got to put it in a warehouse. You got to maintain security on that location. And you basically need a controller to make sure that you're not losing that money to theft or, or loss or et cetera. You know, so a whole nother position is created. As you sit today as a first time home flipper, you're not really contemplating that far ahead and you probably don't need to be. If you're working on doing your first deal, this is way far in the future, but I want to paint a picture and give you a vision on if you're going to take this to the level that we coach people to get this to. Obviously doing your first deal is paramount, but then building a system that can provide a residual in income and wealth building for years to come, like generational base wealth is going to require thinking about these things because we didn't plan on coronavirus and we didn't plan on whatever else is coming next that's going to throw real estate for a loop. Okay. You as a CEO of your corporation, regardless of where you are at, whether it haven't completed your first deal or you're on deal number 80, need to be looking at this as you are a ship captain and trying with whatever tools you have available to extrapolate what you believe the market is going to do next. Okay, Not where it's at now, but what it's going to do next. So obviously, my crystal ball is broken. I can't offer any sort of guarantees, but what I can tell you is things are going to change. So you've got to plan ahead for your market specifically as to what you believe those changes are going to be. Okay, As it sits where we are in the Colorado Springs, Denver marketplace, I believe we've got two years of prosperity in real estate left. And then after that, we're going to start seeing a correction, not a collapse, but a correction. 
Okay, interest rates will have to increase. I know I've been saying that since the beginning of the show a year ago, but we're operating in the early to mid 2% range. And I'm telling you with certainty, the banks aren't going to do that forever. I don't care how much money the government prints. At some point, interest rates have to come back up a little bit. Okay, so when interest rates go up and unemployment stays up and, you know, this new tax code that we are evaluating, um, with you know a new president in office, taxes corporations, they gotta lay people off. So that's gonna increase unemployment. The net result is at some point in the future, we're gonna see a market collapse. How do you make money in that market collapse is an entirely different show. Okay. But I will tell you that I was more profitable in the 2008-2009 era than I am now. And we're doing pretty well now. So a lot of it comes down to planning ahead and understanding what's going on. But supply chain is critical. Labor resources are critical. We're in the construction business. So if you can't get parts and people, you're going to find yourself twiddling your thumbs for a while. Right? Don't worry about it today. You can't really make a change to something that hasn't happened yet. But you have to know what you're going to do if and when that change takes place. So you can't operate from fear because that will allow you or force you to make bad decisions, but you also can't put your head in the sand as an ostrich to just go, I'm going to wait till this passes and figure this thing out later. Hey, Donnie, um, before you get to the next point, I kind of going along with your saying as far as uh, planning ahead and then um, kind of extrapolating on that point. I was reading this book, a thousand, uh, my story of a thousand houses by uh, Mitch Stevens. And he's a guy who's a wholesaler and flipper. He talks about um, basically how he found a thousand, uh, I found a thousand deals through a multitude of different resources. Um, he goes into, you know, partnering with estate lawyers and, you know, closing out estates. He goes um, into, you know, making different relationships with uh, real estate agents. And, you know, like you were talking about being able to make offers on homes that are actually on the market and uh, find deals that way. Uh, another thing that he talked about a lot, and which I feel goes right along with this, is um, developing those relationships with your contractors and developing those relationships with, um, you know, just the people that are actually doing the work for you. So obviously if you're starting out with your first flip, you know, Hey, um, you get to, you get your one contractor that's doing good. You work with him for a while. You develop that relationship, but at the same time, just as you, you know, prospect and, you know, do your outreach for trying to find more deals, you should be hitting the phones and looking in the Facebook groups and doing different things to get in contact with a multitude of contractors. Because, you know, like Donnie was saying, the one that you're using right now, he might burn out or he might have to go on a vacation. But if you've already talked to a couple of people and let them know, yeah, you know, I'm doing a few different deals here and kind of developed a general rapport with them. Now you can kind of, oh, wait, this guy's out. I know another guy who's really good. He's got great work. I've seen the pictures on Facebook, on his website. Let me call him up. Hopefully he's available. Bam. Now you got somebody in there who you can slide into the job and help him who's going to help you get that one finished. And you're also building your team of contractors. So now, you know, once you get to that point to where you're doing a multitude of deals every month and you want to start trying to get 50 deals in a year. Now you've got options as far as, Hey, I can have this guy work in, you know, the Colorado Springs area. I've made some good relationships with a few guys up in Denver. So once I get some deals up there, I can have them working as well. So this is all like, this is all just a part of, you know, just a continual, uh, just a continual grind of being a 
real estate investor. You, you're going to have to make those calls. You're going to have to get on the phones. You're going to have to beat the streets and develop those relationships. Absolutely. And, and again, I think, I think you nailed the, the key point on there is relationships. This is a, a relationship business, right? Again, we talked about people and systems. Well, you must have a relationship with your people. Right. Uh, yet the contractors, your staff, you know, we, we are, we value our team very, very much. Um, and you, you must kind of have a relationship with the systems that you're operating. You must understand how they work, you know, but to build those relationships is a walk before you run thing. Like you, you don't want to come out. And, you know, one of the funny things is people are always telling contractors, if you take care of me here, I can get you an unlimited amount of work. These contractors have heard this so many times, right? You know, that they're just, they're sick of it now. So I, I can just see it when I tell them, Hey, we're doing this many flips. We can give you a lot of work if you provide for us, like whatever, dude, you know, heard this before. The fact of the matter is I can maintain that because I value the relationship and I'm not just spouting off that I can keep them busy going forward, which is what a contractor wants, right? They don't want to be looking for work. It's like, it's like applying for a job every week. You know, it's not, not something they enjoy. I think the good contractors would rather just be kept busy doing what it is they're good at, but you've got to build a relationship with them. They have to trust you. They have to understand that you, you want to pay them fairly, not above or below market, but fairly for their work in exchange for good work on the property. And you can keep them busy going forward, but those relationships take time to build and they're very easy to destroy if you break the trust with those people. So, so many pieces to this, so many facets, you know, but if you're willing to look at this, think like a, a real estate CEO, not a guy struggling or gal trying to get your first deal done. Okay. But rather a real estate CEO, somebody who gets this at a big picture level, even if you're at the starting block, you got to be able to see the finish line a little bit. You know, and although we didn't hit our goal for the year, it was still more houses than my team and I have ever flipped in a single year. Um, we got a lot more done during the coronavirus than a lot of people. And the fact of the matter is some people were simply pushed out of business entirely because they didn't plan on supply chain. They couldn't compete on the labor resources side and they're just gone. You know, will they return? Who knows? Much like the restaurants, businesses that have been shut down because of this, I think a lot of people will be completely and forever altered by this virus. I will say quite the opposite for my team and I, where we learned so much from doing this in this difficult market that I'm excited about when things go to quote unquote normal again, how easy it's going to seem when things start operating normally, you know? With that, guys, you know, that's our show for the week. Keep an eye on the supply chain problems. You should be aware that there's a lumber crisis. And as Jonathan just mentioned, you want to start building relationships with contractors, whether you have a house going or not right now, just so you're ready to go. Go, they think of you as a good person who's working down the, the road to A, giving them more work, and B, building your own real estate empire, which is what we teach you right here on the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast. How to get started? Well, it's super simple. Join up with the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group. There's going to be a link inside of the show notes of this very show, along with the article we talked about, where you can join the group. It's fast, it's fun, it's completely free, and we're going to have a discussion with you about your future as a real estate 
estate investor through or you know information and joining up potentially with a foreclosure deals coach program. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach, reminding you now and always, don't buy a house, buy a deal. Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Hit subscribe and stay tuned for more of the mindset, methodology, and tools you'll need to invest in foreclosures. Visit foreclosuredealscoach.com and text DEAL to get a list of foreclosures in your area.